Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cat City Presents Low Profile Podcast. This is a crossover episode. Yeah, my first. Welcome to the team. I'll be Steve Urkel, and you can be uh, the cast of Full House, and we're... Let's do this. You know, I went to a taping of Full House twice when I was a kid. Okay, dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is Mark Lee, by the way. Hi, Andy. Hey, what's up? This is, yeah, this is Andy Remix Moreno, and uh, on on my show, I guess, uh, we have Mark Lee Morrison, and on Mark Lee Morrison's show... We have Andy Remax Moreno. Welcome to Low Profile. And... And he hosts a great show called Cap City Presents. Uh, if you're subscribing to his show, you already know that. I think we got this. I think I think people know what's going on. I think so. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I want to get started with this. Uh, uh, for my listeners, I want you to specifically, in your own words, describe what your podcast is. So um, I came up with a little bit of words for that that I put on my website recently. It's a lovingly produced program, rich in music and conversation and storytelling, focusing on heroes of of an alternate music history. Cool. And Uh, uh, would you, would you say that it's more focused on, uh, you know, discovering, you know, in depth, uh, more about obscure musicians? Is that a better way to put it? I think so. Yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. Okay. Yeah, we I try to find out about these musicians that for the most part I don't really know anything about because there's not very much out there about them. So tracking down some of these like kind of cult heroes, record nerds love these weird albums that nobody knows anything about. I try to like can't hunt these people down mm-hmm. and get everything I can out of them. And what inspired you to, to go all out and do a podcast about this specifically? Well, um, the idea to do the podcast uh, kind of came from listening to another podcast. I was really into the show Cocaine and Rhinestones. That's mm-hmm. uh, sort of a history of country music in okay. the 20th century. And I was really hoping that they were going to talk about Pete Drake, who... Uh, was sort of the pioneer of the talk box in like late fifties, early sixties country music. Yeah. See, I did not know that it originated in country. Cause like when I think of talk box, I think of zap and I think of, uh, you know, Peter Frampton. Right. Yeah. Frampton got his talk box from Pete Drake and Joe Walsh too. Um, either from Pete Drake or the guy who built it for Pete Drake. And then the the first thing, though, was uh, actually used in big band music. There's a guy who had sort of a prototype of a vocoder and Mm -hmm. sing the orchestra through his mouth. Tight. Pretty dope. But yeah. Anyway, I didn't know that. I found that out. I was doing all this research. I'm like, well, shit, this guy's not putting it on his show. I'm going to make a show. Mm -hmm. Just an episode. Just for fun. And then, um, then you got hooked, didn't you? I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, although that one took me like three months because I was trying to make it like sound kind of like radio lab, but about weird music. Yeah. And, uh, I had decided after spending three months on one episode that that wasn't the ideal format for me. So it became more of a more or less traditional talk show. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And uh, your show is on uh, KEOS 89.3, correct? Yeah, here in Olympia. That's a new thing. Um, so they're p- 
playing archived episodes. So I, I never even know which one they're going to play. Oh, okay. Sweet. So I, I just tune in to see which one they chose. Nice. But yeah, that's that's really fun and really exciting. How, yeah. how did that come about? Uh, I was in a program doing audio journalism this summer, or this past summer, 2020, and uh, doing a daily news program. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a little over a month and got sort of more familiar with the manager of Chaos, John Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And I, I just asked him. And he said, I don't know. Uh, I'll check it out. And uh, eventually he got back to me and said, yeah, he wanted to put it on the air. Dope. So, yeah, Sweet. here we are. And your show kind of came about, as far as I can tell, it sort of came about because you're a promoter. Correct. Among other things. Mm -hmm. And you were booking for several venues in the area. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden your schedule was nothing but holes for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> and so there were no more shows. Right. And so you started kind of talking about it. So, you know, what's, what's funny is I've heard so many people throughout, you know, the past, like however many years that podcasts have been popular say like, I'm thinking of starting a podcast about, and then I, you know, I hear them say it multiple times, but they never do anything about it. Me, on the other hand, I've never once thought to myself, I should start a podcast. It was the idea of, I've said his name a million times on here, Sage Rakoski, what up, Sage? Uh, but he kept saying, hey, you should do this, you should do this. And then finally, as a result of no shows happening, you know, because of COVID and all that, I thought, well, this is probably the next best thing. So let's let's do it. Yeah. And it's, it's great because you get, like, to hear about this, a lot of the other side of the music machine. Right. You know, like I, I mostly talk to the people that make the music. You do that, but you also talk to the people that bring the music to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rather than people showing up to a concert and then seeing like their live performance, you actually get to know them personally through my show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really, yeah, it's really cool stuff. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's just something special and like, especially in the position that I'm in, like, you know, like why make it all about business? Like, don't get me wrong. It is a business, you know, like there is the business side of things, but like ever since the whole shutdown and every musician and every booking agent I know has sort of been coming to this realization of, Oh, we're actually all like people like, let's stop talking deals. Like, how are you doing? It was, it's very, it's, it's become very personal with me and a lot of other people in the business. And you think you might keep doing this sort of thing after things calm down uh, with virus and everything? I think so. I, I probably won't make it like a weekly thing like I have been doing, but, you know, especially if I'm going to book, you know, a, a band that's coming all the way from, I don't know, Florida or wherever, or Australia. Like I booked, I booked bands from all over the world, you know, Germany, New Zealand, Australia, uh, Canada, especially shout out all my Canadian friends. I love you. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they're going to mob all the way to Olympia, why not? you know, give them a 30 minute interview, just something to put on Spotify, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Cap city presents as the brand. Correct. So yeah. it's all, it's all tied together. Yeah. I've already got, you know, followers. So I figured, you know, like I, I see so many promoters that are just like sad or just like not doing anything. And I think to myself, like, there's so much more to be done. There's so much that can be done because you can't get back time. Like why not utilize this time to do something, you know, lucrative or positive. It's just great to hear their side of the story, too. And we can all learn a lot from each other. 
Amen. So it's, it's a good thing that you've been doing. Thank you. Appreciate it. And likewise, because like, honestly, this is a perfect segue. Uh, cause honestly, uh, I wouldn't have known about Swamp Dog or, uh, uh, Klaus Nomi if it weren't for you. Uh, yeah, cause I was listening to the show and I was just like, holy, holy shit. This is like really good. Like, especially like Klaus Nomi, like I didn't know music like that could exist, let alone did exist. Like as far back as the seventies. Yeah, man. Klaus Nomi just totally blew my mind. Uh, I, we actually might be talking to one of his bandmates Tight. sometime in the future. Sweet. Made some kind of a connection. So through one of uh, the guest hosts I have coming up on the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's Jack Habegger, and he's already recorded an episode. You probably know Jack. Pigtails? Pigtails. Yes, yeah. shout out Jack. What up, dude? <laughs> Pigtails are a great local rock and roll band. Mm-hmm classic rock if you will <laughs> for oh. people our age yeah, right <laughs> for them being so young <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah yeah jack's uh recorded an interview for season four which i'm taking a big step back from season four because mm. we got a baby coming any day now congrats <laughs> yeah man we're excited a little boy bun in the oven Nice. So, might be here by the time this comes out. Heck yeah. Welcome yeah. to the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so who are your uh, guest hosts going to be? Or have you like established that yet? Yeah, um, I think I can. I think I can say it. And I don't know if everything is going to pan out yet because a lot of it is just uh, pending. But um, mm-hmm. and I won't say who the guests are. But For sure. as far as hosts go who are working on things. So we've already talked about Jack, local musician, cartoonist, uh, and good journalist as well. Um, and then my friend and longtime Lake bandmate, Eli Moore, mm-hmm. he's actually been on my show as a co-host. So uh, he's, he's really, I'm excited about his work because he's never interviewed anyone. Okay. By himself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, being a co-host on my show was uh, the closest he's come to doing that. For sure. And that was more just friends hanging out, talking about music. Um, Carl Blau, who's a Northwest heavy hitter, uh, home recording guru. Nice. Tons and tons of albums. He's actually living in Philadelphia now. He's from Anacortes. Oh, Okay. And uh, so he's actually focusing on some artists in his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I've also got a local journalist, Rob Smith, um, audio journalist. He does a show called Welcome to Olympia that is sort of like a This American Lifestyle podcast, but just about Olympia. And he's interviewing a seasoned veteran artist who happens to live in Olympia. And then, yeah, there's, uh, there's some other people that have said that they're going to try to submit something. And I only ask people I trust for sure with, you know, this is my, my other baby. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. I was just about to say that this is your baby. Like this is your show. Like, of course, you know, cause I, to be quite honest, I was a little bummed because uh, you would hit me up and you were like, Hey, do you want to be on the show? And I thought, 
ooh, are we going to talk about like obscure hip hop? Because that's my shit personally. But then you were like, I just want to kind of talk to you about the podcast, and I was like, okay. Oh but, we'll, no, we're gonna do we're gonna do another one okay. for sure. All right, sweet. Yeah, you heard that here first. We'll we'll interview someone. All right, sweet. Yeah, I've got a few people in mind, and I've even asked like my roommates, and I was like, hey, what what are like your favorite obscure rappers? And they've like told me, I'm like, yes. <laughs> Nice. Mm-hmm. So I've got I've got a few. I've got the, the wheels turning in my brain. Wait, who are you thinking about? I'm thinking about Akinelli. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't. Okay. Uh, New York rapper. He, uh, he released his first album back in 92 with Large Professor. It was called Vagina Diner. And, uh, you know, he just never got that commercial success that I felt that he deserved. Mm-hmm. I was also thinking about, uh, you know, MF Doom just passed away. R. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like anybody who doesn't know, like, I work with a lot of you know, I'll, I'll call them kids because they're between the ages of 21 and 24. And all of them were like, no, we've never even heard of MF Doom. And I'm like, yo, Whoa. when I was 17, blew it, everything he did blew my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you don't have to be 17 either. This mm-hmm. stuff still works. Yeah, exactly. No, I like the day the day he died, uh, you know, my buddy David, shout out David. Uh, he, you know, messaged me. He said, like, yo, you were the first person I thought of when you know i read this news and i'm just like shit dude and i was i was driving all the way to uh, long beach washington so i just put on you know everything doom and i just listened to doom that entire weekend and you know rung in the new year to it yeah yeah man that that hit hard just didn't see it coming and the fact that he died on halloween and it wasn't even revealed until new year's like this is some, like, if you know anything about MF Doom, to all the listeners out there, he's a villain. Like, he plays, he portrays a villain in his music. So, it wouldn't surprise me if he told his wife, don't tell the world that I'm dead until New Year's, you know? Yeah, totally. Or, you know, maybe save 2020 one more hit. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, so 2020 was worse than we thought. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> He kept us in the dark about it. Uh, I know I laugh, but, you know, RIP Doom, and I really wish I could have met you, and I, I'm honored to have the privilege to be able to say that I've worked with two rappers that have collaborated on songs with Doom. Oh, man, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're a rapper yourself, if I'm not mistaken. I used to rap. I don't, like, the thing is, is after about, like, four years of promotion, I just sort of thought to myself, like, I have more fun in discovering new music and you know, putting on the shows rather than making it. So, you know, I, you know, I, I still have fun with it, but I don't, I don't consider myself to be a performer anymore. Mm. Well, you definitely got a bit of rap in your intro. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it feels like, yeah, I really, I really like the intro to your show. Thank you. <laughs> actually, you know what? I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I've never actually said it. I keep thinking about it before shows. But I've never actually said, shout out Zach Harms for making the intro beat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you've ever heard the intro beat or like, you know, at the beginning of this episode, likely you're you're going to hear it. So shout out Zach Harms. Way to go, Zach. Do you listen to much hip hop? Uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I'm catching up. I okay. I just bought uh, the Fuji's The Score okay. today. Word. They had it on wax at Target. Weird. One copy. And I said to my daughter, Camille, I'm like, go grab me that record with the three faces on it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I no, I love hip hop. I'd say I realized I loved hip hop when I was probably like 
15 or 16, I thought that um, up until that point, I hadn't really been paying much attention to it. And I thought, oh, that's like the cheesy music that was in every toy and cereal commercial when I was a kid. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and I always thought that, you know, every song was going to start with, my name is so-and-so, I'm here to say. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I uh, I started kind of getting into, I, I always like to dig back. So, like, you know, I think I got, like, a Sugar Hill tape. Okay. I got some Run DMC tapes. Sure. Uh, I got like, um, I, I think the first Beasties record I had was Ill Communication, which was jam packed with like, you know, you had like Fife on there. Nice. Q Tip. Sweet. And, and then there was like some random punk rock songs. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, oh, cool, all over the place. Uh, and that got me into like Tribe and Jungle sure. Brothers. De La. Yep, De La. So like, you know, like kind of the boom bap era. Mm -hmm, definitely. So like for modern stuff, um, you know, I always gravitate toward like the weird, like I'm crazy about Shabazz palaces. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and stuff that's like kind of spaced out like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, uh, clipping. Clipping. I, I was just, I, like, you said Shabazz palaces and I immediately thought clipping and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't realize, dude, was the same guy who was in that Hamilton jazz. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy. Like, I, I, um, it didn't occur to me. And then I saw him on uh, this new show, uh, Snowpiercer. Okay. I'm not familiar. And I, I didn't rec I recognized him by his voice. I'm oh, like, word. That's, that's fucking dude from Clipping. It has to be. Tight. <laughs> it was. So, yeah. And have you heard of Toby and Weegway? I don't believe so. I guess he's like an ex NFL guy from Texas. Okay. Who started making this like real, real jazzy and like kind of minimalist hip hop. Like, like a lot of his songs are just music and there's barely a beat. Mm -hmm. or maybe just a snap. <laughs> okay, cool. And like heavy on background vocals and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what you got. I, I, I need to, I need to catch up on a lot of the local stuff. You had Afrock on your show, mm -hmm. and I was checking out his tunes. Dude, Afrock has has been a beast. You know, ever since I like even long before I started like promoting shows, like he was he was performing at a lot of the shows that I was just attending. There was also E Mills. There was Zicky, Ill Defined, who went by Bones at the time. Um, you know, of course, Afrock and Afrock was in a band. You know, Afrock in the movement. Uh, you can't forget about AKA and the Heart Hurt Goods. I mean that that band was, I they should have gone places, and um, you know who else out there? Uh, Puget uh, is a rapper who I believe, as far as like Olympia rappers go, made the best rap album here in Olympia. Oh really? Mm -hmm. I used to live on that street. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, you know he would he would say like you know throw it up now it's that Puget sound and you know. I, oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, he had an album called Music is the Key. Actually, if anybody's listening out there, and if y'all could like burn me a copy of that, I'd appreciate it. Oh, we got to track that down. Mm -hmm. I know he owns uh, Cutter's Barbershop downtown. He, like, Cutter is. Oh, he's is, the Cutter. Yes. Oh, well, that won't be too hard. Yeah. So, Cutter, give me a copy of that, please. Thank you. Yeah, I'll go get a haircut. Yes. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, were you using a Kazaa Napster LimeWire back in the day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, no. If any anybody important's listening, right? Exactly. But yeah. No. And Me neither. Wink, wink. I I I did, and I used streaming stuff, and I use YouTube to like. Um, to, but I use it to check out music. Like I'm a I'm a record getter. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to say collector because I don't like be like this is going to be worth money. I like right. buy records that I want to listen to for sure because I like to have them around. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's yeah. nice to have a physical copy and to hear it how it's supposed to sound. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a lot of the records I bought, I probably wouldn't have bought if I hadn't had a chance to like be like, oh, it has this song on here. That yeah, does to at least this thing. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, do you consider yourself to be a crate digger? Uh, you know, I'm not obsessive. I usually, if I'm doing a crate digging thing, um, then I will, I'll usually have a short list in mind. Like I'm only buying one of these three things. Oh, okay. All right. Or like maybe I'll set a budget for those things mm-hmm. and then like I'll look around and see what's like buck to five bucks, you know? For sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of got rid of, I got rid of like 2,000 records this Whoa. summer. I just set up a yard sale in my front yard one day, mm-hmm. um, put up signs the night before, and uh, I got rid of so many. And what I did was I got rid of pretty much any record where I didn't really listen to the whole album. Okay. Yeah. Um, mostly just because of space, and I thought... Maybe somebody out there does want to listen to the whole album. So, mm. that, so I sold everything for a dollar, except for this box that had like 30 records. And I thought, these ones are these ones are too good to sell. These are $5 records. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so I had this like tiny boutique section. It was fun to be on the other side of that. And uh, are there any specific genres that you lean to? Or are you one of those? Do you just like specifically, do you, do you go... I guess, what is your process when you were looking for, for records? Um, man, you know, I'll, I'll pull from like any section really. Mm-hmm. So I love like, I love, you know, like experimental electronic music. I, I like multiple eras of jazz, um, country, pretty much anything that came out on vinyl in country music. I'm into something from that era. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the other, I, I don't get too into blues. Uh, I, I have blues that I like, mm-hmm. but um, I'm not, I don't know. Those are usually more expensive anyway. Because <laughs> those are the ones okay. that the collector collectors go for. For sure. Uh, yeah. It, and if I see any like 90s hip hop on vinyl, I'm all about it. Like, okay, yeah, you're coming home. Um, yeah. Reggae. Love some reggae. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Punk rock. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. I, I think you get the idea. Yeah, no, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all about whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, see, uh, you said that you weren't too into to blues, and like I immediately think to myself, like I usually go towards the, the rhythm and blues section. Is usually like my first oh, go-to. Well, like, like R&B? Like we're talking like... Not like modern R and B, I guess, where it's mm-hmm. like a hip hop beat and people singing. I'm thinking of like you know Marvin Gaye, Curtis Mayfield, Smokey oh, Robinson, uh, yeah. you know, 
the classics, obviously. And, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all about that stuff, too. You know, uh, George McCrae did, like, Rocky Baby. I get lifted. Yeah, I get lifted. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I'm a sucker for samples. Like that's, that's one that's of my, my favorite look. LPs I found. <laughs> nice. Uh, like I've had that one since I was probably a teenager. Mm-hmm. Tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a, a show called <clears throat> Wax Only on YouTube where uh, Vin Regan is his name. He's the DJ, and he'll play the the rap song, and then he'll play the original that it was sampled from and it's all vinyl and it's nice. so sick and he'll do it like you know theme by album so he'll do like the doggy style album or all eyes on me by tupac or uh you know uh the the warren g album or mm. yeah it's great yeah I, I nerd out when it comes to sampling like that so you know i'll i'm guilty of you know buying a phil collins album just to hear that one song that you know some producer took you know five seconds off of it for Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the uh, and going back to the uh, talk box Pete Drake episode, I just thought it'd be really cool to have a show that played some like old country with talk box and play some Zap and Roger in there too. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Why are we separating the genres? Like it's all music at the it's all rock and roll at the end of the day, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who told me that. I feel like I feel like it was just somebody on the street randomly told me it's all rock and roll, man. And I was like, "Amen, brother." That sounds like it. a dude on the street. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, doing a little research about you, uh, is it so you moved here from the Mojave Desert? Um, did you move here specifically just to join Lake? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah. And then uh, did that for at least 10 years, about 10 years. And when did you move here? In 2006. 2006, okay, okay. Yeah, August 2nd, 2006. Tight. Played a show in the basement of the Eagles Hall that night. Tight. Yeah. I had a, I had a boombox, a Rapmaster keyboard, and a, uh, like one of those like robot voice changer megaphones. Yeah, and that was about it. Oh, a Sweet. tambourine too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My little my little vaudeville act that I'm known to pull out from time to time. <laughs> so, uh, actually, speaking on the uh, basement at the Eagles Hall, because I I remember going there as you know, like a seventeen or eighteen year old. At uh, what what venues were popping when you first moved here? When I first came to town. Um, I think that was the only show I went to the Eagles Hall basement for, like, in the first, like, year or so. Um, and it was all about these specific house shows, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Voyeur was going on, Le Voyeur downtown, um, where we both used to do some work. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I moved into Chez Puget oh, okay. on Puget Street that had frequent shows in their basement. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'd have multiple shows in a week. Um, there was the Lucky Seven House, which is now, it was torn down and is now um, a dog hospital. I did not know that that was an old house venue. Yeah. All right, they wow. They shows in their basement too. Tight. Um, and then there was, uh, well, they called it the Glass House. 
because it was on Glass Street. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, 1611, which is the address of a house that still does shows. I, I'm not going to give out a street address by saying what street it is, but... We'll talk about that off. That was happening... Phone. That's been probably happening for like 20 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think I think Chez Puget has been doing shows like since the 1990s. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, it was... It was just like, okay, houses are the punk venues here. Right. So that's that's where I went. Tight. Yeah. Um, there were there was a couple more. Um, ben Moores was doing shows back right. then. Right. Okay, okay. Ben Moores, was, uh, man, that place was just frozen in time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of like, kind of like Cheers, but classier. Right. I mean, it's... <laughs> So a rumor that I've heard is that it's based off of Moe's, or well, sorry, Moe's is based off of it from The Simpsons. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. It's funny because my little brother actually worked at at Ben Moore's and I would hear him, like, that was like his small talk to everybody. It was was just always, oh, did you know that Moe's was based off of this bar? People were always like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, uh, are there any favorite venues, like, currently in Olympia? Um, well... Last time I went to a show, <laughs> <laughs> was it with the blank tapes? That I think that was the last show I played. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I was at that show. Yeah, that was that was a while back, huh? That was back in February, I want to say, like February, February twenty twenty. That seems like so long ago. I man. know, dude. <laughs> I mean, it is almost a year, but it seems like even longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, that might have very well been the last show I saw. Um, the next one I can think of that I went to was, uh, in Tacoma at Alma Mater. Oh, okay, cool. cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I really liked Octopus. Mm-hmm. They, they did some, they had like good sound there and used to be called Manium. Oh, the, the Cryptotropa. Yep. Yeah. I've seen a lot of good ones there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, um, I've gotten the opportunity to play there a few times as well. It's, uh, it's one of my, probably one of my favorite spots to go see a loud show. Definitely. Yeah. No, I feel it. Yeah, yeah. between the Crypt and McCoy's, like, you can't really go wrong. Oh, McCoy's is classic. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you ever work for McCoy's or you ever put, I've, I've put on events there? Yeah, yeah no, and. Like, yeah, they just always go so well. And, like, even at the end of the night, I, I won't go into these specific numbers, but, you know, the door person will be like, oh, we had a shitty night, you know, here's X amount of dollars. And I'd be like, how did this happen? There's so much money here. <laughs> it was like people were like, oh, there's a show tonight? I'm not going to watch it, but here's $5. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Especially on a weekend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, other than that, though, I mean, like, McCoy's just reminded me of, well, I mean, I'm born and raised in Olympia, so it reminded me of home. You know, I walk in there, it's it's dirty, it's dingy, it's the walls are black, and I'm just like, I am home. This place is me. Always smells like cleaning products, <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad sign. Right. I'm, hi, hi, Ian. If you're shout listening. out, Ian. Shout out, Drew. <laughs> I miss McCoy's. I, I do, too. I will go... As soon as y'all open, just so I can sit on the patio and drink a beer again. Until next time. Yeah, they'll be back. 
Mm-hmm. With a vengeance. Oh, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Gotta shout out the Brotherhood. Oh, yeah. Shout out Broho. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Got what other places? Uh, you ever go to Rhythm and Rye? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that's that's another good spot. Shout out to Andy Gearson. Andy. Dear Andy. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you you bringing anyone in when you when you can? Anyone you have on hold? Uh, as far as like booking a show? Booking a show. Oh man, see, I've, who are you gonna jump on first? Okay, so when I okay, so this was back in February. I had talked it over with Eric at the Pig Bar. Shout out Eric, and you know Katie was the old booker. Shout out Katie. Um, you know, she, she was uh, the, the assistant manager for both the Pig Bar and for the Opal Lounge up in Tacoma. So she was getting tired of handling the booking on top of being a manager of two different restaurants. Ooh, Katie was a boss. Mm-hmm. Oh, is a boss. <laughs> Absolutely. Like in every sense of the word. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Katie rules. But um, so this was in February, though. So um, I get the opportunity to become a booker there. I'm getting a check for booking specifically. And I immediately looked to September because I thought to myself, like, well, we're a college town. So summertime isn't really the best time for touring bands to come through because, you know, we lose half our population. The weather's nice. So people go out camping. They don't want to stay in Olympia on a weekend. So I was looking at uh, September when all the Evergreen kids were going to come in. So I was going to start advertising in the summertime. And then by September, I was hopefully going to have, uh, I was talking with Natasha Cometo's uh, agent at the time. And, you know, we were like, you know, running the numbers and all this, but then COVID happened. And finally, I just had to be like, hey, I don't know what the future is going to hold. Can we like maybe, you know, put this off for another two months and then we'll talk again. And then after two months, I was like, it's probably not going to happen, but uh, let's, let's, Keep in contact, and yeah. So uh, I think Natasha Cometo is going to be the first person that I want to bring down here. Uh, I mean, Linda from work, Biblioteca, uh, some Seattle bands that I want to bring down: Weep Wave, uh, Beverly Crusher, uh, Astro House. There's so many good bands in in Seattle in particular. And uh, even so, I want to. I really want to expand outside of Olympia because there's McFilers in Chehalis now. Yeah, I've been hearing about that place. Mm-hmm. It's an all ages venue and it's, and you know, they do all ages until 11, which I think is perfect for me because I'm 31 and I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm getting old. So uh, I don't really <laughs> like to stay out that late anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Those shows that go till, you know, the band stops playing at two because the staff says they have to. Right. <laughs> those can be rough mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, raging college maniac right no it wasn't even until i was 30 to or like you know when i turned 30 you know people were like oh it's all downhill from here and i was like no i'm still gonna party hard and i don't know about age 30 and a half i was like yo i i can't stay out till one anymore <laughs> like i think one o'clock is like my that's where i, I draw the line <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> you know it's this is up in the air but uh i did get contacted by a, a venue in uh stanwood if you know where that is I don't. Okay, it's up. It's up by Marysville. I actually had to look it up too. Like, okay. Yeah, my buddy hit me up and was like, "Hey, my mom just bought this bar, and you know they have a stage there, and I want to throw shows there, and it's in Stanwood." And I was like, "I've never even heard of this place." And wow, what a challenge! <laughs> that sounds that sounds good. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like I've thrown shows in Chehalis and in Yelm, and the thing about those shows in particular is, people there are hungry for live music. Yeah. So 
No, you the, can be the king of Stanville. Yes, yeah, just like that. <laughs> Stanville. It's, it's that you obscure. could change the name if you. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I were, they'd be like Cap Cityville. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my uh, New Year's resolutions is to have a landmark named after me. I kind of want a Cap City Creek, or or even a slough. Or slough? How do you pronounce that? Slough? Slough? Okay, I, it's either Wait. slough or slough. Slough. I thought, maybe. Wait, maybe what are slough. we describing here? Like a swamp. Like, have, oh. you ever, have you ever driven up and down, like, the uh, the 101, and you see, like, you know, it says, like, this slough, and... I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't. Oh, okay. Wow. It's okay. kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like when you're on the freeway and it'll say like, you know, like Snake Creek, you know, coming mm-hmm. up or like Shahela's River, but like. How's it spelled? Like S-L-O-U-G-H. Okay. Maybe I just never heard anybody say it before. Yeah. Because no, I think okay. it's slough. Okay. But I can't really name a time I've heard anyone say that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody talks about them. And I'm, I wonder to myself, like, who actually took the time and effort to name these things? They're swamps. They're just like. Bodies of water that nobody would ever be interested in looking at. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they, they called dibs and they got to give it a name. Right. I'm, I miss those days. <laughs> you remember those days? Oh, yeah. back in my day. <laughs> or it's kind of like a, I, I came across a crooked river once, or crooked creek is what it was called. And I just decided to Google it. And there's like 10 crooked creeks in Washington. Can I just have one and call it Cap City Creek? Yeah. <laughs> You gotta pick one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least put up a sign. Maybe someone will leave it there long enough. <laughs> it's like how language works, you know? Right. People say it enough. And it's it a goes, word. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I don't know if that it's the law, but <laughs> if it pops up on Google Maps, then I will die happy. Okay. <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. So start calling it that. Yes. Uh, one of Cap ten, City, Cap City Creek, one of the Crooked Creeks, or all the Crooked Creeks. I don't know. Like, why would you name a, a creek Crooked Creek? Why you could find something else to name it after? I don't know. We're in Washington, Nirvana Creek. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, George, George Creek. George. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll call it George. <laughs> Shout out George, whoever you are. Yeah, we love you, George. Mm-hmm. So has it been cathartic doing a podcast? It's, you know, it has its moments. Um, it's, it's definitely not what I'm used to because I'm not used to being behind the microphone, but it is nice to uh, keep myself busy because when I was booking, you know, like I, I've always worked a full-time job, but then I get on my breaks and I'm like, okay, I have a 10 minute break. I have to email this person, email this person, email this person, twiddling my thumbs. And then boom, I get back to my day job. And it wasn't until, you know, 2020, I was like, okay, if I do this enough and if I work for specifically, you know, four or five different venues, I could just make this a full-time job. I can just stay at home, sit on my laptop, knock out all these shows. On top of that, I could also be a booking agent for other bands and, you know, book shows in Seattle and Bellingham and Portland, Astoria, Yelm, Chehalis, wherever. And yeah, I had a game plan, but um, as far as the podcast goes, it's... It's it's a it's a nice self reflection I guess it's good to like actually like use my words like my vocal cords as opposed to using my thumbs to type words and yeah yeah and I feel like I've learned so much like as far as booking goes like I've discovered so much more new music that I would never have discovered otherwise and then now I'm actually like digging into the people who make that music I wouldn't know otherwise and learning things from them so it's 
it's definitely, it's new, it's scary, and it's everything that I, I, I love new and scary, I guess. Like, I yeah. feed off of anxiety. I always used to tell people, like, uh, anxiety reminds me that I'm alive, so, yeah. Totally, man. Like, uh, when, anytime I've been about to play a show, even if it's just a, a handful of people, I always get nervous. Mm-hmm. I get nervous before I tape interviews most of the time. Same. Phone call, especially if I have never really talked to them before. Like, you know, like someone, like, like cleaners from Venus, um, band from England that's been around since like the early 80s. Um, love their stuff. And just had an email back and forth, like, yeah, give me a call. Here's my number. We'll chat as uh, long as you need to. And uh, I had my buddies with me. Actually, that's probably, I think that was part of the reason why I had uh, a group hosting the show with me early on in the first season. Also because it was just fun to hang out with friends while you're making something. For sure. Or turning hanging out in with friends into something. But yeah, um, I got so nervous before that interview. I was just like, I, I just need to pace around for a few minutes. And, uh, but it feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's the excitement, you know? Exactly. Yeah, Butterflies. it's a rush. Uh, do you ever get starstruck interviewing the people that you interview? You know, um, I think... I kind of I kind of went in that way with Gary Wilson when I was interviewing him. You know Gary? I don't know Gary Wilson. Yeah, you know he's you probably dig his shit because he's he's on Stone's Throw oh, some okay. of his stuff. So he yep. I, I think Peanut Butter Wolf mm-hmm. kind of signed him afterwards. Exactly. I guess Chaos was the first station that actually played his records. Mm-hmm. He's from uh, upstate New York. Right. Like Gary Wilson, the singer is just so like really smooth and super weird and um, glamorous, I guess, and desperately sad. And talking to the man was just so casual and laid back um, Mm -hmm. that I actually got to kind of joke around with him some, but I went into it totally like, I don't know what I'm gonna say to this guy. Right. You five other people, what should we ask him? <laughs> like, like, right before, like, while we were taping, I think that's actually part of the original episode, is we're discussing the questions after we, like, talk about our mutual appreciation of Gary's music. Tight. And we're like, okay, so what are we going to ask? Well, <laughs> I've talked to so many artists now that I've been a fan of, like, since I was a kid, basically. Right. Um, and... There's just, I've had all this time to think about, like, what would I, what do I want to know about these people? Right. And so, honestly, a lot of the time I just kind of wish we had more time. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even that has happened to me as far as, like, booking goes, because, you know, like, well, you know as well as I do, like, obscure music, you know, it's it's sort of a lot more personal when you you can say, like, oh, I remember having this album and none of my friends had this album and and all that and it's like when i booked uh afu ra here in olympia i i was i was giddy i was like holy shit you're coming to olympia like 16 year old me was downloading your shit on like napster and limewire and i remember like 
I, I did buy one of his albums, uh, State of the Arts, and I remember uh, uh, Royce the Five Nine. He's one of my favorite rappers. He, him being on MTV on one of his songs, he goes, "And I ain't got to no karate like Afura," and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like people know who this guy is, and he performed at Lavoyer, and it was just super weird just to like you know smoke cigarettes with him out back of Lavoyer and just be like, "This is crazy. This is happening right now." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really cool to like be able to with you know these people who you only know as their art, right? You know? Like that's all you know, and then um, finding out that they're they're real people, and often not who you thought they were, right? Um, just because you know people take on different identities when they're creating. Mm-hmm. How do you go about approaching your guests? I. What I like to do is I usually like to write down a list of questions as sort of like a, you know, like a, I have five questions for you, but they're all dissected in little ways. So, you know, it like just started out, I guess uh, the, the easiest way to go about like starting a conversation is just to ask like, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Or, uh, you know, put yourself like picture yourself one year ago today. What did you think that the outcome of 2020 was going to be before you you knew you know, the coronavirus was going to destroy all of our lives. You know, it's like back when I was a, you know, you had mentioned when I was a rapper, uh, the, the easiest way to start a rap verse is just to write a sentence, like literally everything. Like, I walked to the store today. I don't know. Like, that's a bad example, obviously, but you know. But that's real. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same, it's the same approach where, you know, I come in here and I, I ask, you know, what's your favorite vegetable? And then, you know, <laughs> you can, you know, you can either say, you know, one word or you could explain to me that cucumbers are the best vegetable because that's what I would say at least. <laughs> yeah. Because you can do so many different things with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, they're portable and they're, can... <laughs> they're portable and they quench your thirst. Yeah, exactly. Like that is, they're an easy snack on the, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I've been going on hikes, you know, for the past, like, year since you know i can't do shows and i'm like i don't know like i've sort of like looked all over the washington map because i'm an agent so i like try to figure out where there are you know places to book bands but then now i'm actually like oh you know maybe i'll take a drive out to long beach washington or maybe i'll take a drive out to uh, centralia and check out their parks or whatever and mm-hmm. long view uh yakima i did a lot of driving over the past year yeah, sometimes my family would just go on a drive just because. Pick some arbitrary destination. Exactly. I love it. Like, go, we'll just drive for hours just to, like, do this one thing that we don't even really, like, need to do. Or, like, right. we'll, she'll, like, you know, like, oh, there's this little, uh, little bookshelf that looks cool that's for sale up in, uh, where was it? We went up, like, um, up the peninsula one day. Yeah. Just to buy this little shelf. Because like, oh, 10 bucks, that looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it's so nice to just kind of take in the scenes. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that goes better with that than just like you slice up a cucumber, <laughs> a little bit of apple cider vinegar, okay. a splash yeah, of I... olive oil and a little sea salt. And you just shake that up, let right. it sit for five minutes, Dude. and you've yeah. got like, you, you can do that with radishes too. Yeah. Radishes. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Hang on. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually uh, I'm half German, so like <laughs> like what I'm actually thinking to myself is like pickled anything. 
Oh, like, pickled radish. That's a whole nother story. I mean, yeah, but you, I mean, yeah, you could do it with cucumbers, obviously pickles. Um, but um, you know, radishes. Uh, uh, what's you know, garlic cloves. Uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for pickled things. Have you ever tried pickled watermelon? I never have a, had a chance to. If you ever get the chance, yeah. I recommend it. You heard you heard it here first. Is this a podcast? Is this a food podcast or? <laughs> Wait, is this an episode of Have you tried that pickle? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What are the ones that are purple that come in the shawarma? Because I thought they were beets, but I think they're turnips in beet juice or something. I'm so not They called them lavender pickles at this one falafel joint. This is down in the Mojave Desert. Okay. It was a it was a falafel joint that also sold pupusas because Tight. we had uh, a couple from two different countries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it was great. You could go get, like, beans and rice and belly dancing all at the same time. Dude! (laughs) (laughs) Turkish coffee. Throw that in there. Nice. But lavender pickles? So you haven't tried that pickle? I have not tried that pickle. All right. All right, so, yeah. Good episode. Yes, indeed. All right. (laughs) We're going to interview Akinelli while eating lavender pickles. You know, we're, we're nearing the end of the uh, interview, but I, I do want to know, like, how do you find or, like, define obscure music or, like, what what do you look for when you're trying to, you know, uh, make an episode? What What is your main goal when you make an episode? Um, I, I'd like to find things that, um, it, so it's a mixed bag. There's the side of me that just wants to know more about these artists that specifically I had a really cool like really meaningful experience with their music and that music has been haunting me forever and i know nothing about it for sure a lot of it is just like my own passion project because i want to know and then on top of that i want to keep the show going and um there's a lot of other music out there where I think it's great. A lot of my friends think it's great, but I bet if I ask 10 people, nine or 10 of them probably don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And so I try to get those out there. They're like, Hey, everybody, this is, this is cool. Just give it a chance. Um, and more, more often than not, it's artists that have a pretty sizable body of work behind them. So, um, like legacy artists, like, like say Swamp Dog and the Holy Modal Rounders who've been at it since like the fifties, sixties, also bands that have started in the last 10 years. I don't, I don't rule out, Uh but, um, I'm probably not, I, I don't think I would have a band on that, uh, just put out their first album for sure. Just because I want to hear some stories. I feel um, like. And like experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like if the band has had a chance to marinate for a while and um, I still don't hear people talking about them, then I want to have a chance to talk about them and talk to them if possible. For sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Do everything in your power to keep them relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just share the love. For sure. That's that's kind of the, the main idea. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have any guilty pleasures in music? I know pop music gets like a bad rep, but is there anything like, you know, like, I don't know about you, but from time to time I'll, you know, turn on the top 40 radio and turn all the windows up. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Yeah, well, I I will often turn on the radio, um, and most of the time I don't know what any of it is. But I'll just, I'll let it go. I'll, I'll let it play. <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel like I try to keep a pretty open mind. So, yeah, there's probably a lot of pretty bad music that I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that, like, I mean, like, I'm a big, I'm a, I don't know if I can say it, but I'm a big fan of Ween. I okay. love Ween. For sure. Um, I feel like they can do anything. Um a lot of their stuff is a little uh, a little sarcastic seeming for me. I prefer when they come off a little more sincere, but sometimes I don't I more irreverent the better. Yeah. So um, that's that's something that I don't listen to all the time, but I never stopped listening to after I started. Okay. Yeah, cool. it, it'll it's in the rotation. For sure. <laughs> um yeah, and I've been thinking about listening to some of the Christian ska bands that I liked in the mid '90s. Oh, okay, but I haven't, I haven't gotten there. <laughs> For um, like, I, I had, I had some involvement in the Christian ska scene um, when I was like 14, 15. Okay. I put out the first compilation of such artists. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Okay. Uh, and that was my my first my first producer credit. <laughs> Tight. Okay. Um. So, yeah. God, uh, I know nothing about the Christian Scott scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, from what I remember, there were, there were a few that had good lyrics mm -hmm. and good songwriting. Okay. The majority of those bands were like, wait, there's ska bands happening. We should make Christian ska bands happen. <laughs> Let's get on this bandwagon. Hell yeah. <laughs> take, take the gospel out there with us. Word. And so, you know, I mean, they're, they're all having fun. I think I, I've been thinking about it. I'm wondering if a couple of them might hold up. Okay. But that, I feel like that's the one dark corner that I have not taken a look back into since it was originally happening. For sure. Okay. <laughs> I am genuinely curious, though. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's, like, obscure of the obscure. I would never even think. Like, if I were to walk into a record store and I'd see, like, 90s Christian ska section, I'd... <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think Light in the Attic would probably put out a 90s Christian ska compilation if they... If, if I didn't do it first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like one of those reissue label things that are just like rife for that. People for would sure. just like the curiosity of it. Right. It's kind of like how uh, I found this tape at Goodwill and I, I looked it up and nobody, it was never released on CD, but it was called Homies for the Holidays, Wrapping Up Christmas. Ooh. And it was like a Christian rap album, but it was like, it was, it was very like, Jesus was born in a manger, da, 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 it's like type of rap and uh -huh. god I, I know it's in a box somewhere but i just need to convert it and put it online because the, there was no you're credit. converting the christian rappers yes <laughs> you heard it here first yes i guess you did i'm gonna convert these rappers uh, uh.
Yo, Spike, what up? That's what the Bible said. Some knucklehead wanted the baby Jesus dead. Are you serious? Has a heart attack. But God said his son ain't going out like that. What? He said the name Joe to drop a dime. Man, Joseph got away just in time. Well, why would anybody want to get my man? Because evil and injustice rule the land. But God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Now tell me what more could a parent have done? Now, but the thing about this tape was that, uh, you know, I looked online and there was no credit as to who the rappers were. Oh man, so it's just like studio musicians and like session writers. Yeah, and it's like, and it's all like you know, it's like it came out in like 1990 or something, so it was all mm -hmm. like sample Christmas music. So it was you know with hip hop, you know, like boom bap beats over it and. Yeah, I'd say up until I was like 12 or 13, I could count on one hand how many artists I listened to that were not specifically Christian artists. Okay. So, I, yeah, my the record collection at home was very like, well, we have very we have the, we have God's version of that here. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's like when I had Napster and I had to download all the clean versions just in case my mom came home early from work and Oh yeah, that's yeah, I didn't want to hear uh, Papa Roach or Lincoln Park or you know any Brother Lynch hung or X-rated I was listening to it had to be like the clean version and yeah that stuff is a trip mm -hmm. I listened to the clean version of To Pimp a Butterfly the Kendrick Lamar yeah uh, and man there's a lot of awkward silences there <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same <laughs> my parents bought me those clean versions though and yeah I would like. I'd like listen to them once and be like, it's just ruined. It's just ruined. The rhyme schemes thrown off. Yeah. You got to use your imagination. Off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what drug was Eminem supposed to be saying in that lyric? Skittles. <laughs> it's like when he said, they say I can't rap about Coke no more. And I was like, Coke, like. I was like 12 years old and I was like, well, he can't rap Pepsi's about Pepsi's after him. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I was wondering about that. And, you know, like, obviously I'm naive. That was a weird one, though. Uh, Marshall Mathers LP, I got the clean version of it. And they didn't censor out the words bitch or shit. Interesting. I've talked to people about this and people have said the same thing. Like, yeah, I had the clean version of it, too. And, yeah, it did the same thing. And I don't know why. I've never found an explanation as to why. I even looked yeah. it up on Wikipedia. Like, and it just says, like, for some reason, they didn't censor the words bitch or shit. <laughs> Couldn't tell you why. I do. Uh, Eminem, if you were listening to this, I would like to have you on the podcast. So I can specifically just ask you that one question. Yeah, That's it. I want to know, too. I just want five minutes of your time. Just it might have been that. censored in Europe, like in the UK or something, where they'll... You know, that's but just they PG out, there. Yeah, but they took out all the drug references or, like, you know, like, the song Kill You. He actually said... Dun, 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 you... Instead of kill you. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they censored the word kill, but they did not censor bitch or shit. Hmm. Just, yeah. Just in case I censor bitch and shit, what word should we replace those with? Kittens and sunshine. Kittens and sunshine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
this has been a really fun little episode. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good catching up with you. Good to see a fellow Olympian again because, like, I don't leave the house very often anymore. I wasn't sure if they still existed. Right. And we're yeah. here. Yeah, here it's we amazing. are. Amazing. Outside of social media land. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on my show. And thank you for being on mine. And uh, where can where can listeners uh, follow you? Well, uh, it's on Low Pro Podcast on Instagram or Facebook, um, and then you can. I, there's a Twitter out there. Good luck finding that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, lowprofilepodcast.com, just the way it's supposed to be spelled. Um, that's got all the episodes and uh, pictures and little stories behind it the episodes so if you like the show there's more there there's like extra stuff okay and if you're listening to my show i will put the links in the uh, spotify description also on uh, anchor.fm um yeah so be sure to follow the low profile uh podcast with markley morrison and uh be sure to follow cap city presents on facebook twitter and instagram that's at cap city presents also capcitypresents.com and i will hopefully see y'all next week I followed him there, and I don't regret a second of it. Likewise. All right. And there's so much more to learn. Okay, well, we love you. All right. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Uh, you know, give metaphorical hugs to all your loved ones. See you next time on Have You Tried That Pickle. Bye.